And so, my fellow Americans, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. In the councils of government, we must guard against the acquisition of unwarranted influence, whether sought or unsought, by the military-industrial complex. That we can, and so help us God, we will make America great again. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the No Gimmicks Podcast. I'm your humble host, as always, Brady Leonard. Hope you guys had a fantastic weekend. Um, you guys know what's happening today <laughs> Today on the podcast. I was joined uh, by my good friend Greg Price from The Daily Caller. Uh, you, you guys know what we talked about. Uh, we were down to the wire. Uh, tomorrow is Election Day. Donald Trump, Joe Biden, who's it going to be? Uh, we broke it all down. Uh, guys, I hope you're listening to this on Monday, not waiting, because obviously tomorrow this podcast will be completely irrelevant. So hopefully you uh, you know, you know, listened as soon as it came out. Guys, before I get to Greg, uh, please follow us on Twitter at NoGimmicksPod. Please subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, or Spotify. Uh, if you're on iTunes, please give us a five-star rating and a good review. I'd really appreciate it. And if you like what you're hearing and want to get involved with the show, you can support us monthly over on Patreon, patreon.com slash Podcast. All right. Here we go. Without further ado, here's my chat with Greg Price. All right, guys, we're here with my brother, Greg Price. Greg, how you doing? Good to be back with you, man. Absolutely, man. So uh, obviously, we all know uh, <laughs> the subject matter that we're going to tackle here today on the podcast. Um, let, let me start before we jump into everything. I Look, I have no idea what's going to happen tomorrow. And might as well. That's all, folks. Talk to you Wednesday. No, no, I'm just kidding. But I have no idea what's going to happen. But win or lose, I have to say, man, the president is campaigning harder than anyone I've ever seen. I mean, his schedule is I don't know if you saw his schedule yesterday, but it was absurd. Trump held rallies in Iowa, Michigan, North Carolina, Georgia and Florida yesterday. He, he did five rallies yesterday, pulled an 18 hour day all while, you know, being old as as heck and being the president of the United States. So like, look, if Trump loses, it definitely won't be for a lack of hustle. Yeah. I mean, I'm only, I'm only 23 years old, but I don't think I would have the energy to do five rallies a day, start in Michigan, end up in Florida at 1130, still going strong and then get up today and do the entire thing again. Cause he's doing five rallies again today. And you know, I, you can say a lot of things about Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, but he's really campaigning like he wants it a lot more than Joe Biden does. That he, he truly, I think, is he wants your vote a lot more than Biden does. Biden holds these like, with these event, these campaign events that Biden's holding, it's like he's running for like the county commissioner or something, yeah. not president of the United States. And I understand there's a pandemic, but you know Trump found a way to make it happen, and I guess. You know, it's just he really you really just get the feeling that he wants it real, real bad. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what I really want to talk about today is that other than the polls, every other factor that matters in elections would indicate that Trump is going to win in a landslide. You know what I mean? And like, let me know if I miss something. I'm just going to go down the list of like factors that we pay attention to in elections. And every single one, except for the polling data, favors Trump. I mean, you know, massive economic growth last quarter. You know, 56 percent of Americans saying they're better off now than they were four years ago. A massive, like you mentioned, massive, obviously, enthusiasm gap. Right? You know, Biden's rallies consist of five people sitting in these bizarre cult like circles. And Biden calls a lid every other day. 
And yesterday in Arizona, there was a 96-mile-long Trump convoy (laughs) on the interstate. Over 17,000 cars, 96 miles long. I mean, this this is crazy. The enthusiasm for Trump is crazy. I mean, and just on policy, I mean, dude, heck, I mean, Trump negotiated three important Middle East peace deals. He destroyed ISIS. He just sent over the weekend SEAL Team 6 to go rescue a prisoner in Africa. He's avoided new wars. Trump cut taxes for 85% of Americans. Yet the polls say he will lose in a landslide. And I don't know what to make of that. Like, it makes absolutely no sense. Yeah, I mean... As we all know, a lot of the state polling was wrong in 2016. But if you, I mean, if you look at the national polling, Biden's up by, he's up by a good amount. His, you know, he's been up by as much as like 10, 15 points in some polls. But if you look at the polls that matter, which are the polls in the swing states, those have consistently been tight or either tightening. The only state from what I've seen in the polling that Joe Biden's had a consistent lead in is Wisconsin. But yeah, I mean, you're right. I think th- there's an enthusiasm for Donald Trump that we haven't seen for a presidential candidate in, uh, I think, in years. I think, you know, and I think in a lot of in, in a lot of these states, what you're going to you're going to especially in Rust Belt states who've, you know, maybe they've paid it. They've paid attention to uh, Joe Biden flip and flip flopping on fracking and having his vice presidential candidate say that she wants to outright ban fracking. I think you're going to see. I, th- I, th- I think when it comes to polling, there's a lot. Most Trump supporters, when they get a call from a pollster, you know, they won't. I don't think it's either they don't trust them or they're not going to tell them. They're too afraid to tell them. I think you know, poll. A lot of these, a lot of polling methods today are really flawed because they don't account for, you know, you know, the quote unquote silent majority. But so, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we'll, we'll see. So, like in 2016, a lot of the the national polls were generally right. A lot of them had Clinton up by three points. With you know within the margin of error, and that's what she ended up winning the national popular vote by. But a lot of the swing state, a lot of polls and statewide polls were wrong. So we could see another situation like that where Trump ends up losing the popular vote, as the national polls are showing that he probably probably will, but ends up you know gutting out some some victories in some key swing states. Right, and I want to go state by state uh, here in, in just a minute, but I mean even looking at you know factors that matter typically in elections. I mean, the final pitch by both candidates, it's it's stunning. I mean, it, like, you know, Trump is making the optimistic pitch, you know, with COVID. It's like, hey, we're going to beat this. We're going to get through it together. And, uh, you know, we're not going to lock the country down and, you know, make sure you're out of a job. And Joe Biden's pitch is you will be out of a job if it's the last thing I do. <laughs> okay. I mean, it's like, it's the contrast between each candidate's final pitch. I mean, Joe Biden's final pitch to voters, voters, over this weekend is is both terrifying and just downright evil. I mean, look, I, the Democrats are the evil party and the GOP is the stupid party. It's always been that way. I get that. But, like, Democrats are really leaning into the evil. I mean, like, Joe, Joe Biden's pitch to the voters over this weekend was cartoonishly evil. Like, yesterday, he pledged to eliminate the Second Amendment, to finish off the global economy by shutting down the country again, and to send men with guns to your house to kidnap you and throw you in a cage if you're caught in public without a mask. Okay? Okay, like I get the way I worded that sounds kind of extreme, but that's what Joe Biden promised. He promised to arrest you if you don't wear a mask, to confiscate your guns, and to just finish off what's left of the global economy. That is it. So vote for me, people. That's his pitch. It's like, come on, man. Like in any typical political landscape, like that that's how you lose 50 states. Like Joe Biden deserves to lose 50 states after that final pitch. Yeah, and also there was Kamala Harris tweeting out that weird cartoon-like video. Oof. Did you see that? Of like, oh, yeah. 
basically something straight out of a high school textbook about Marxism, you know, so some very interesting final pitches from the Biden-Harris campaign. And I think you're right. I think one of, if Biden loses, I think one of the biggest reasons he's going to lose is because I think, you know, I think people, the majority of people in this country have taken this pandemic seriously, but, you know, they've done what they've had to do. They've social distanced, they've worn their masks, but I think people are just sick and tired of hearing all the doom and gloom about it and all the, you know, the, 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 Karening that's gone on about people not wearing their masks. I think one of the reasons Joe Biden's going to lose is because he's been saying that he would lock the country down if the quote unquote experts told him to. That he's been he's been talking a lot about how you know a lot of people have died and Trump's responsible for it. And I think people I, I think people don't like hearing that sort of thing. I think I think if he loses, it's it's because pe- one of the biggest reasons is because they're sick of that crap. And I think what, what's going to lose him the Rust Belt is. You know, his position on guns, that's never that's not going to fly in the Rust Belt areas that he needs to win back. And also his pledge during the last debate to eliminate the oil industry. And something that I thought was pretty incredible was that the the Pittsburgh, the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which is yep. a very one, one of the sec, the largest paper in circulation in Pittsburgh and is a very liberal newspaper. And it had endorsed a Republican six, since Nixon endorsed Donald Trump. And. It's because of his positions on energy, and and, and, and that's not going to fly in Pennsylvania. So, you know, I think, you know, we'll see. I think, I think he has a strong shot to win Pennsylvania, and I think, I think they're, I think with the ballots and the mail-in voting, that's going to hurt Trump more than his actual messages in Pennsylvania. Um, it's going to be close, and we'll we'll see what happens. Yeah, and it was interesting. The uh, my hometown paper, the Toledo Blade, which is actually owned by the same company as the Pittsburgh uh, Post Gazette, also endorsed Trump yesterday as well. It was the first time since I think seventy six was the last time they endorsed a Republican. So it's like, and it was for similar reasons, you know, the energy industry and stuff like that. Um, yeah. Oh, real quick, I don't know why I, I don't have this in my notes, but so I, I might misquote it. But uh, the New York Times actually did something hilarious for the first time ever. Um, it, you reminded me of it because you uh, said the, the Karening of, of people with, with masks and stuff. They yeah. did a, uh, I don't know if you saw this this morning, man, but they did a poll on uh, your preferred presidential candidate by first name. <laughs> and Karen was the most likely Biden voter by first name. Over That's... 60 percent of Karens preferred Joe Biden, which is just hilarious. And the, the most uh, Republican-friendly first name was Richard. So definitely be be like Richard. Do not be like Karen. That is so funny. Yeah, wow. Dude. Yep. 60-40. Karen's preferred Democrats. Probably the least shocking poll result I've ever seen in my entire life. Big if true. <laughs> Man, so look, let's go state by state here a little bit. And I'm no, you know, I'm no poll watcher. This is not my wheelhouse, but... Yeah, like we all know, we don't need to give the list, but we, we all know which states Trump needs to win. Um, poll, all right, let's start in my home state of Ohio. Polls have Ohio as a statistical tie. Trump's winning Ohio. Um, Trump, Trump's winning Ohio. I mean, he he pulled out. Uh, there's some super PACs running ads still in Ohio, but he his campaign pulled all their ad money out of Ohio like three weeks ago. Their internal polls must tell him that he's way ahead. The ground game of the Ohio Republican Party is on point. Uh, I really trust them to get the job done. He won by nine points in 2016. He's winning Ohio. You know, I would be absolutely stunned if he lost Ohio. Any, any anything else to add on Ohio? No, I I totally agree. I think I think he's got Ohio. I think in 2018, like the uh, Dewine won by a lot in yeah. 2018. 
Yep. And like, I mean, the Democrat Sherrod Brown got reelected, but like, he's like a he's a blue collar, blue dog type Democrat, which makes sense in Ohio. And I think right. Biden's Biden's radical positions on energy and on guns are going to lose him the state. Hundred percent. Florida, um, real clear politics also has Florida as a statistical tie. I'm pretty confident saying Trump's going to win Florida. Obviously, anything can happen. Florida's a weird state, and like the demographics are so crazy, you know, that it's like you know you don't know which groups are going to show up, but. You know, he's making big inroads in the Hispanic community. Um, I mean, they're doing these massive, like, Hispanics for Trump <laughs> rallies all over Florida. I really think, um, you know, if the polling average has Trump tied in Florida, I think he he can comfortably win Florida. Yeah, Florida's an important state, too, because if Biden wins Florida, the election's over. Before, there was, we'll, get an, we'll get an early rest on election night if I think if Biden wins Florida, he wins the election. But I think I think you're right. I think Trump is a very, very strong position in Florida. And I think I think what we in 2018, we saw DeSantis overperform the Latino vote and overperform the vote with black men. And I think that's something we're going to see Donald Trump do, especially in a place like Florida and especially hyping up. You know, they've been they've been talking a lot about Kamala's liberal record in the Senate. And, you know, a lot of you know Cuban refugees live in Florida, a lot of Hispanics who come from, you know, communist countries. And I think, I think you're right. I think he is in a very strong position to win Florida. Florida is like, like you said, it's a really weird state that goes either way on any given day, but he's, he's barnstormed through Florida in the last couple of weeks. And I think, I think he's got a really strong chance there. His rally in Florida last night started at one in the morning and there was like 20, yeah. 20,000 people there. Yeah. And I watched, <laughs> I watched the beginning of it. It was, it was crazy. And Lil Pump was in the front row. Dude, crazy. You know, with, with Lil Pump and all these, these rappers, I don't know. Like, you know, celebrity endorsements don't mean anything. But in terms of Trump picking up, you know, the the black male vote, do you think I mean, especially Lil Wayne, dude. I mean, Lil Wayne endorsed Trump. Like that's I mean, Lil Pump, he's he's lesser known. You know, Kanye is kind of a crazy person and everybody knows he's a crazy person. Everybody loves Lil Wayne <laughs> and he's like legitimately one of the most popular rappers ever. It's like him, Jay Z, Eminem. Kanye, like those four are like the most popular rappers of all time. And you might have to give that to Lil Wayne. And so it's like, man, I don't know. All of these endorsements, like, do you think it actually moves the needle a little bit? Like, I, I never think anything like that moves the needle. I just kind of laugh and move on when I see these things. But like Lil Wayne, I was like, all right, feels like this is escalating a little bit with Lil Wayne. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there is a little bit of momentum there. I mean, when it comes to votes, probably doesn't change much. When it comes to culture, I think it's pretty important what's happening. And like I saw with, with you know with him getting all these celebrity endorsements, and like I saw a lot of Republicans who like when that came out, they were saying like, "Oh, I thought we didn't care what celebrities think." And it's not really that so much as the left has had a monopoly on our on our culture for years. And as one of my personal political heroes, Andrew Breitbart, once said, "Culture is upstream from politics." And so, like, when it comes to the actual election, it probably doesn't mean much. But when it comes to, you know, making being a Republican cool again, I think that's people like write that shit off. But I think that's important. That's just as important as winning elections is who's who controls the culture. Yeah, like Republicans, Republicans have been able Republicans have consistently won elections since 2010. But has has have we really ever done much to move the needle on this country? No. And it's because the left controls Hollywood and academia and they control the media. And 
And, you know, so I think it's very important that celebrities are starting to speak out about their support of Donald Trump. It may not have an impact on the election, but when it comes to, I think, cultural issues like that are even more important at this point in our country. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with that. And I think the the left's reaction to these, you know, like black celebrities endorsing Trump might actually make more of a cultural impact than the than, you know, Little Wayne himself. I mean, you look at like, you know, uh, what's her name? The dumb blonde lady chelsea handler chelsea handler like yeah. her reaction to 50 cent endorsing trump was like so absurd it's like you know like oh you know, i had to remind him that he's black and so it's like dude what like what self-respecting black man would not be offended by that <laughs> you know what i mean like what a racist privileged ridiculous response you know yeah serious i mean she's just a moron and just a dumb person, and I don't know why anyone takes her seriously over, you know, people who are more successful than she'll ever be. Like, what? what is Chelsea Handler even famous for again? I, don't I even have no remember. idea. I have no I literally, idea. Off the top of my head, I literally don't remember. I don't know. I think it's one of those where she's just famous for being a Democrat at this yeah. point. Like, what was her profession? I think she's an actress. Like, here, let me Google it real quick. Yeah, I, I think she's— Was she a comic or something? Not a good comic. one. I have no uh, idea. She's an American comedian, actress, blah blah blah. Allegedly. She just she hosted a talk show for on on E Network. Huh. And I guess, yeah, you become a democratic activist when you're a D list celebrity in Hollywood, and then I guess you can make a career out of it. Wow, what a time to be alive. Yeah. They, they say America was never great. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so let's get back just the state by state. Michigan. Uh, Trump is down. Let's see, real clear politics average has him down five. Um, I mean, there are some, you know, kind of right-leaning pollsters like Trafalgar that have it either tied or Trump up a point, point and a half. John James, his Senate race against Gary Peters is, is neck and neck as well. Um, I don't know. I the the polls are tightening, but we'll see. I mean, I guess you'd have to if you had to guess, you'd go Biden. Um, unless the, the polls are off, if the polls are off in, in you know the same extent they were in Michigan uh, last time around, I, I guess Trump's at least within the margin of error. I, I definitely think he has a shot at holding Michigan, but I guess right now, uh, you know, the, the polls lag behind a few days, so I guess we, we don't know if there was any ground made yeah. up over the weekend. But right now, Biden's definitely still ahead in Michigan. Yeah, and remember, like a lot of these states, like Pennsylvania and Wisconsin and Michigan, it, the results were insanely tight in 2016. But the, but a lot of the polls had Hillary Clinton winning, and now all these polls are within the margin of error in a lot of these states. So I think I think it could go either. If it's within the margin of error, I think it can go either way. We'll yeah, w- Wisconsin's see. a tough one. Um, there has not been very favorable polling, even from you know uh, Rasmussen yeah. and Trafalgar out of Wisconsin. He's I, I know the the ABC poll last weekend had Trump down like 15 in Wisconsin. All right, you know. Calm yourselves down. Trump's not losing Wisconsin by 15 points, but he will probably lose Wisconsin. It'll probably be close, but, you know, which is fascinating. I thought after all the, the race riots from the left um, over the summer that Trump would have Wisconsin in the bag. You know, I, I can't believe, you know, people in Wisconsin. I mean, I, you know, I, I hate to make fun of the voters, but it's like, man, you see Democrat, you see Joe Biden voters come into your city and burn it down and you're still going to vote for Joe Biden. Like, that seems insane that, that seems like an, an insane deranged reaction to what you're seeing on the streets yeah and like so 
Julio Rosas from Town Hall is one of my roommates, and he like he tells me all the time how he thinks all these polls are wrong because he's been out there covering those riots. He's yeah. been he he was in Kenosha and Wauwatosa, and like he thinks they're all wrong. He thinks the riots are going to play a heavy factor in states like Wisconsin and Minnesota, even though the polls have Biden winning. And if you're if you take your most educated guess, you'd say yeah, Biden's probably Biden's probably going to win those states. But who? But according, like, but according to some people on the campaign I've talked to, they think they're totally as in play as some other states. So, again, we'll just have to see. Right. And Pennsylvania is very tight. Pennsylvania uh, is going to be Pennsylvania is going to be the state this year right. is going to be Trump wins Pennsylvania. He wins the election, in my opinion. And I think he's going to win Pennsylvania because again, that's my that's my home state, which is. Um, and so, like, with Biden's positions on energy, with his positions on guns. He's not going to win rural, like rural blue collar Pennsylvania is that's for, that's Trump country big time. Some of the most like liberal people I know from from back home are still voting for for Donald Trump because they're afraid of what he's going to do to the energy industry and uh, and all and all and all sorts of that and all, and all that stuff in Pennsylvania. And again, the polls are tight. They're within the margin of error. And I think he's going to win. And I think the only way Biden wins Pennsylvania is if they try to steal it. Yeah. And the, the attorney general of Pennsylvania tweeted the other day. I have the tweet in front of me, quote, if all the votes are added up in PA, Trump is going to lose. That's why he's working overtime to subtract as many votes as possible from this process. And he goes, for the record, he's 0-6 against us in court. Now ignore the noise and vote. So he's saying that the outcome is, it's an attorney general of the state, Democrat, saying that the outcome is predetermined. And in addition, it's going to take, it's going to take forever to count the votes in Pennsylvania, thanks to our terrible Supreme Court Justice, John Roberts who voted with the liberals and allowed mail-in ballots to be accepted up to three days after election day. So you could see a situation like 2000 where the race is insanely tight and it comes down to Pennsylvania, but it takes forever to count the votes. And then the Democrats who control the state try to manipulate with them. And then it gets taken to court and litigated like it did in Bush v. Gore in 2000. Man, That's- the Democrats are shameless. I mean, that, that tweet from the attorney general, man. I mean, one, everything you said in that tweet's a lie. But, yeah. you know, it just, they're, they're so transparent. They're so shameless that they're going to try to use lawyers to steal this thing. But, you know, I, I know, I know the, the, the polls have it, you know, neck and neck, and most polls even have Trump still down in Pennsylvania. But after Biden pledging yesterday to confiscate what he calls assault weapons, which don't exist, assault is an action, not a... <laughs> you can't buy an assault weapon. Um, but, you know, ca- confiscating guns, ending fracking. And then, you know, people saw thousands of Biden voters burn down Philadelphia last week. Yeah. It's like, I just can't. Those three factors, I just can't imagine Trump losing Pennsylvania. Like, how, how do you, as a voter, as, a, as an independent, the fracking, the guns, the rioting, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I can't. Look. I'm I'm trying not to disparage the voters. I you know most a lot of my friends and family members are on the left, and I understand why they vote on the left and all that. But it's like between Philly burning to the ground, man, one of the great American cities, between Joe Biden's downright evil policy proposals of, of banning guns and banning you know the energy industry in Pennsylvania, I I just can't see Pennsylvania going blue right now. I I just can't. It, and if they do, then boy oh boy. Pennsylvania will would have failed that. the IQ test, you know. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, he's going to win Pennsylvania, and if, and if he doesn't win Pennsylvania, it's because they stole it, and they're and they should take him to court over it. 
And I could totally see a situation happening. Like remember in Florida in 2018 when the the race with DeSantis and Rick Scott was really tight and those election officials in Broward were trying to like fuck with the election results. Do you remember when, do you remember that whole thing? That was like a whole week long news cycle. I think we're going to see something like that because the Pennsylvania Supreme Court is 5-2 Democrat majority. Democrats are, we have a Democrat governor, attorney general, all the state election officials are Democrats. And I'm telling you, this this election's coming down to Pennsylvania. Trump's and Trump's going to win it. And if he doesn't win it, it's because they tampered with the votes. And there and it's and I could see some litigation coming out over this. Right. Yeah, I think you're right. And we don't need to get too deep into the weeds, but you know, there there's a lot of paths to victory for both candidates. Like if if, if Trump wins Pennsylvania, Arizona, and North Carolina, he can lose both and holds all the other states he won. Uh, in yeah. 2016, he can lose both Wisconsin and Michigan. So if he loses Arizona or North Carolina, he needs either Wisconsin or Michigan. If he loses Pennsylvania, he could still win, but it would be tough. If he loses Pennsylvania, he'd need, you know, either he'd need to obviously hold Arizona and North Carolina. He'd need either Wisconsin or Michigan, and he'd need to pick up another state, whether yeah. it's Minnesota or New Hampshire or Nevada. So that's kind of complicated. But I'll, I'll just say it again just so everybody has in their heads. If Trump wins Pennsylvania, Arizona, and North Carolina, he can lose Wisconsin and Michigan. If he loses Arizona or uh, North Carolina, he'll need either Michigan or Wisconsin. If he loses Pennsylvania, he'll need either Michigan or Wisconsin, and he'll also need to pick up a blue state, uh, either Minnesota, New Hampshire, or Nevada, and hold all the other states he won in 2016. So it's kind of complicated, but it, from the I'm, I'm no— expert here but from what, from what i can get my hands on it looks like those are kind of the two paths for trump yeah no you're right you're right and i think again pennsylvania is the most important one i think he wins it by if he wins pennsylvania biden becomes an underdog yeah yeah i definitely agree and real quick before i let you go man um the, the craziest thing about about tomorrow man is the range of outcomes because there is a chance that the pollsters I, I doubt it. <laughs> I doubt it. But there's a chance the pollsters fixed their, their methodology from 2016 and all the polls are legit and Trump's going to lose 40 states, right? I mean, like, maybe the pollsters are right and Florida and Ohio are actually tied and they could go to Biden and, and Biden could win Pennsylvania and, and North Carolina, Arizona, and it's just a bloodbath, right? Or maybe all the polls are wrong. All the state polls are just as wrong or more wrong than they were in 2016, Trump wins all the swing states, picks up Minnesota, picks up New Hampshire, picks up Nevada, you know, and and wins in a landslide or anything in between. Like the thing is, like, usually, you know, Obama, Romney is like the range of outcomes were like, you know, Obama wins by four all the way to Romney wins by two. That was the range of outcomes. And it ended up, you know, Obama winning by three or something. And but anything could happen tomorrow. I mean, it could be a blowout for either candidate or it could be you know a nail biter coming down to any of those scenarios that i laid out a second ago yeah i mean i think we're we're gonna have to take a real hard look at the polling industry in this in this country if trump wins by if if it's a huge red wave i think like the pollsters polling companies are gonna have to completely scrap their methodologies and move to something new because whatever they're doing isn't working but yeah you're right there's a wide range of possibilities. It's going to be, there might end up being some litigation on the results in some States, especially if, if my prediction for Pennsylvania comes true, 
it's with the mail-in ballots, it might take forever to count in some states that have extended the deadlines. So, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a wild week. It's going to be an insane week and, you know, we'll see, we'll hold on to your, hold, hold on to your socks, boys. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be a wild ride this week. Absolutely. You think Trump pulls it off? I think so. I, th- I, I truly do. I think, I think he's, uh, he's he's would be, he would beat Biden. He's beating Biden in every scenario aside for the from the polling. Right, I think he's, I know it's crazy. I think I think in the Rust Belt states, he's in a very strong position, especially Biden's radical positions on a lot of issues that matter to those people. I think he's in a very strong position to overperform. I think he's going to win more votes with with minority voters than Republicans have since you know since before FDR when when minorities voted overwhelmingly for Republicans. I think he's going to overperform the, the the vote with black men and Hispanic men and women. I think, you know, I think he's in a very strong position. I think, you know, I think people have been seeing what he's been doing with the last week, just barnstorming across the country. And I think I just think there's there's not enough people out there who hate Trump's tweets so much and hate his kind of, you know, the more off putting things about his personality enough where they would look at Biden, who's who was first elected to public office in Washington the year my mother was born, who spent his career shipping jobs overseas and selling our country out to China, who has been on the wrong side of every foreign policy decision of his career up and up to and including the Iraq war, who, you know, who's, who's spent his career, who spent 47 years in DC making the wrong decisions. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Trump is such a toxic guy that people would vote for that a guy who's obviously a tool of the radicals, a useful idiot for the radicals in his party. You know, we'll see. I, th- I just think there's not enough people out there who look at Joe, who hate Trump enough that they look at Joe Biden and think, yeah, that's the guy who I want to be the leader of the three of the free world. Yeah, I think you're right. I think you're right. And, you know, Trump is the the hope candidate, right? You know, he yeah. and, and Biden is the fear candidate. People that want to be free of voting for Trump, people that want to stay at home, have the government tell them what to do and be arrested if you walk out your front door without a mask, vote for Joe Biden. You know, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if America is still the country of rugged individualism. You know what I mean? We'll see if people still want to be free or if they just want a government handout and the government to tell them what to do. We'll see. I mean, I hope the country is still the America that we know and love. I think it is. We'll find out tomorrow. We'll see. Where can everybody uh, follow you online and keep in touch and all that good stuff, brother? Greg underscore Price 11 on Twitter. And be sure to follow the Daily Caller. We're at Daily Caller on everything, and subscribe for nine ninety nine a month and become a Daily Caller Patriot and get our content behind the paywall. Um, you know, ditch ditch the fake news and come subscribe, read, get your news from us because we tell the truth, unlike a lot of other places, and we do the reporting that they won't do. Absolutely, everybody support the the Daily Caller. They are great. Everybody follow Greg. He's great. That's all I got for today. I'm Brady Leonard. I'll be back on Wednesday. No gimmicks.